Psalm chapter 48. Let's go ahead and stand together, and uh, we'll do that in reverence to the Word of God. We're going to pick up with verse number 9, verse number 9. Psalm in chapter 48, verse number 9, it says, We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces, that ye may tell it to the generation following. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Let's pray. Father, I come to you tonight, and, and I ask you for, Father, just... Lord, just a Holy Spirit's endowment from on high. Father, I pray that our, our people, your people, would be tender to, to your word. And that, Father, you'd, that they'd hear the message that you placed in my heart. Lord, I pray that um, anybody in this room that's without a Savior tonight would find salvation. They'd find a home in heaven. And they'd find Christ. And Father, I pray for those that are born again and heaven's our home, that tonight our hearts would be stirred and that we'd remember and, Father, we'd see the, the importance of, of sharing and testifying what you've done. I ask this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight, we'll use this as our text. I want you to go to verse 13, and that's where we'll get our main thought and use these verses surrounding it to, to make a message. Bible says, Mark ye well her bulwarks, consider her palaces. It says that ye may tell it to the generation following. Over the course of the last several Sunday mornings, we've been talking about making an impact or making a difference. One area I've not talked about is this, and that's just simply sharing it with the next generation. Um, we're blessed in this church. We have a number of just it just we have an age variety. We have a number of, of, of folks that are in their senior years. We got a number of folks that are young. We got a bunch in between. And praise God for that. What a blessing it is to to have those age groups and intermixing, intermingling, and, and it really does help to to show the family of God. In every family, there should be should be new ones, young ones. There should be new Christians and baby Christians. There should be mature Christians and older Christians. And it just it, it helps to to really show God's work moving forward. But one thing I, I believe that we must do, and I think sometimes we're guilty of not, not doing it, at least to the extent that we ought to, is that we need to tell it to the generation following. There's a group of people in this church and in, in our community, um, folks, let's face it, who haven't seen God's hand through the years. They, they've not been a part of, of God's working. They've not been a part of God's moving and His Spirit showing Himself very real. And we need to come to a place in our lives and in our church and in our homes and in our families and our marriages where we tell it to the generation following. And I, I want to focus on that thought tonight. And folks, I think one of the greatest impacts or differences you can ever make is in the lives of that generation immediately following you. 
really believe that. I, I think that we have an opportunity. And I, I think that sometimes in Christianity as a whole, we have, we have failed the following generation. And that following generation has gone off into sin, into unbelief, into, into just a sad mess. And we see that as, as a cultural whole in the United States of America. I mean, we, we have people who, who know more about uh, these, these, these silly, pathetic uh, reality shows and, and, and care more about what they think than about what our founding forefathers gave us to build upon. And it's amazing when we'll talk more about uh, uh, Simon Cowell than we will about George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. And, and it's more pathetic when we, we look at these people and, and, and to a certain extent worship them and, and walk in their steps and dress in their styles. And, and, and we forget really where we came from and what has happened to make us the people we are today. And yet I see this not just as a culture or a society, but I see this in Christianity. And we must tell it to the generation that is following. And tonight I just kind of hope to put a few finishing touches on, on what we've talked about on Sunday mornings, and I want to do it from this perspective to tell it to the generation following. In Psalm chapter 48, in verse number 9, verse 8 finishes up with, a, with another thought. But verse 9, we picked up there tonight, and it says, We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. The first thing we need to, the tell, uh, to tell to the generation following is we need to tell of his love for us. Um, God loves you and I, does he not? And yet, folks, I think sometimes we fail to share that with the generation following. Sometimes we get very stuck in our Christianity and we become very uh, mature and we become mature to the point that, 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 that we do not, not focus on the love of God. If we ever get past the love of God, we made a terrible mistake and we need a U-turn and come right back to it. I was talking to Brother Tim yesterday. We were out knocking on doors and, and talking to folks and we got to talking about children. Children are delight, are they not? they light up your life and they can also kind of darken your shades from time to time. But man, I mean, we were talking about kids and we got to talking about the fact that kids are kids, amen? Do you know that children are supposed to make immature decisions from time to time? Because the children, I know I struggle with that as much as anybody. You know, I, I, it drives me nuts when my kids act like kids, but praise God, that's what they are. And, and folks, sometimes we just need to focus and, and talk about the love of God. We need to look past their childish decisions and their immature ways and understand hey they are a child and the most important thing that a child can know and they need discipline I'm not I'm not neglecting discipline I'm not neglecting the importance of discipline and structure and and, and, and schedule and all of that but I think that what a child needs to know most is that mama and daddy truly and deeply love them and my friend as as a child of, 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 of a, the heavenly father what Christians need to know most is that they have a Father in heaven that truly and genuinely cares for them in a way that trumps all other loves. And we need to tell a generation following about the love of God. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And you say, how much does God love me? I don't know. It just says he so loves us. And that, that word, that little two-letter word, so just, it's an infinite word. There is no person that is not loved by God and, and I, don't, I, don't, I can't comprehend that. I don't understand it. There, there are people down through the pages and annals of history that I'll be very honest, I don't think I could find it within myself to love them. But God did and God does. 
And God loves us. And that, that is something that is fascinating and that is beautiful and that is all-encompassing. You see, the love of God dwarfs all of our sin. The love of God dwarfs all of our imperfections. The love of God is what reached down and brought salvation to mankind. And if we ever stop telling the generation following us about the love of God, we're making a terrible mistake. Do you understand that? And tonight I wish we'd, we'd understand. And let me say this along with this thought. We need to tell how God shows his love to us personally. I think sometimes we, 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 we just stop with quoting a scripture verse, and, and, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but tell personally how God loves you. Tell your children how God has shown his love to you personally in your life. He has, hasn't he? And I know sometimes we look up and we wonder if God loves us, and hasn't every child? I know there are many times, I, I, after getting a whipping, man, growing up, I'd really think, does my dad really love me? And I know he told me that, but I'd question that for a moment. But, you know, I had a whole bunch of situations that I could go back to in my mind, even as a child, where I knew that my father loved me. And tonight, boy, tell the generation following about a God who truly loves you and has shown that personally. Is there anybody in here tonight that's seen the love of God in their life? And yet, have you shared it with the generation following? You see, that generation following wants to know if it's real. That generation following wants to know if what we truly claim we have is real. Is it? Then we need to tell to the generation following of his love. Secondly tonight, and we see this in verse number 10, it says, according to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full Bible says of righteousness. Tell of his righteousness. Tell of his righteousness. Folks, do you know that God's way is perfect and God's way is best? It's not always the easy way. It's not always the, the most profitable way initially, but God's way is perfect and God's way is best. I don't claim to understand all of God's methods. I don't understand to claim all of God's will, even for my own life at times. But I do know that I need to tell the generation following of his righteousness. I need to tell them that God's way is perfect. And my friend tonight, we, we miss this. In our, in our culture today, we've, we've, we've got a mindset that says, I want to do what I want to do. I want to be who I want to be. And we need to tell a generation following of the righteousness and the holiness of God. Man, God, 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 God said, be holy for I am holy. God does not call unto him a, a, a wicked godless people. He calls unto them a people that is holy and praise God it's because he's made us holy but understand tonight God's way is a way of righteousness and we need to tell the generation following of a righteous God. Folks I don't understand this but do you know God has never done anything unjust in his entire existence? That's, that's hard to comprehend is it not? Because we have a finite, sinful experience on this earth. It doesn't take many of us very long to go back in our minds and see even in our own lives unrighteousness and filthiness. Yet as far as God is concerned, He is perfect and righteous in all His ways. And my friend tonight, we need to testify of a God that is righteous. And, and, and we've missed this. We, we, we talk about God today and we've talked about our Savior today as if He's just a regular Joe. He's not. 
Do you understand when Isaiah had a vision of the Lord, he cried out, holy, holy, holy. When John in the book of Revelation saw Jesus, he fell to his face and worshipped. And my friend, it was not because he thought he should do it, it was because he had to. And I wish tonight that we talk about God and His righteousness and that we tell that to a generation following us. We have, we have almost perverted who God is. We have tried to bring God to man instead of lifting man to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've tried to break down what is holy and what is righteous. And my friend, that is wrong and that's a terrible mistake. We need to tell the generation following about a righteous and a holy God. Do you remember the story in the Old Testament? When the ark was brought to Jerusalem by David, David went down to get the ark that the Philistines had returned. Returned for a good reason, by the way. But David went down and he put that ark in a cart, as the Philistines did. And as that ark was being brought back to the capital city, A man, an Israelite, I believe a good man, reached his hand out to steady the ark as it went over a bumpy part of the road. And God struck that man instantly and he died. David put the ark basically to the first residence he could find. Brought those people back to Jerusalem. And he chastised the priests and said, how dare you not tell us how to transport God's ark. He said, you should have told us. And they went back and they got the ark once again and they did it God's way. And God honored that. You see, that priesthood had stopped telling the people about what God demanded. A righteous God. Folks, do you understand God demands things of His people? God looks down to us and says, I saved you, I redeemed you, I gave you a home in heaven, I have made you my child, and I demand some things of your life. I demand you to live a certain way. I demand you to come to me in a proper and a fitting manner because I am a righteous God, and we need to tell this to the following generation that God is a righteous God. Thirdly, in verse Number 11, it says, let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. We need to tell of his word. We need to tell of his word. Today, we seemingly die for a lack of knowledge of the principles and oracles of this book. We have an ignorant generation rising up. They don't know the stories of the Bible. And folks, this is what's sad to me. I'm not talking necessarily just about bus kids and people who come in off the street for the first time. I'm talking about church kids. They don't know what the Bible teaches. They don't know the... And and be careful. They're not Bible stories, folks. They're true stories. Amen? You know, we have true stories and history stories and Bible stories. No, no, no. The Bible stories are truer than history. Amen? And understand that. They are powerful and they're beautiful and they're miraculous, but they're for us. We need to tell the generation following of His Word. My friend, the best thing you could ever hope to do is to share with someone what God says about an issue. Brother Tim and I went and knocked on a, a lady's door yesterday. 
and, and got the chance to lead her to the Lord, share the plan of salvation. But one of the things I told her is I said, this isn't the Baptist way to get saved or the Catholic way or the Mormon way to get saved. I said, this is God's way. And I said, I'll show you from his book. Folks, do you understand that? I'm not saved tonight because I'm Baptist. I'm saved tonight because I took God's word on the matter. Do you get that? The reason I was scripturally baptized was because God's word tells me to be baptized by immersion. Is that it? See, folks, what, what, what amazes me is we need to tell a generation following of God's word. God does have the answers, does he not? I mean, I, I, we, we talk about it and we say it, but then when the opportunity presents itself, either number one, we're ignorant, or number two, we just don't have a desire to share God's word. We'd rather share our opinion. My opinion has not changed one thing on this planet, and for the rest of my life, it will not change one thing on this planet. Amen? Folks, I'm sorry, my opinion doesn't matter one solid bit. What matters is the Word of God, and that's what I need to share with the generation following because God's Word will change a person's life. It will change their direction. It can change their eternity. And yet so many times we are more interested in what my opinion is than what that book says. We've just gotten caught up on what I feel, and I, what I feel is important to me but not a whole lot of other people. But God's word matters. And we need to tell a generation following of his word. We need to tell of his mighty works. Verse 12 says, Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof and mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces. God had done something mighty with the nation of Israel. He had taken an insignificant little people and made them the power of the known world. Folks, you understand that? I mean, God took a people that were not a people. God took a man and brought him out of a country and made of that man a nation. He took Abraham and Sarah and made them a country. And I looked tonight, and folks, could, could we just marvel for a moment at what God has done in Psalm in chapter 150 and verse 2, the Bible says, Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. And tonight, I wonder, are we telling the following generation of what God has done? Has God done some things in our lives? Has God done some things in our church? Has God done some things in our country? And if He has, are we telling it to those that are coming behind us? Or are we allowing them to, to, to be swayed and, and, and tempted by the world? And folks, the world has always tried to sway and it's always tried to tempt. But what I want us to do tonight is start talking about what God has done in our lives. Man, some of you, when you got saved, you came to God as nothing but a rough old sinner, praise God. You had no polish about you. There was nothing good, and you knew it. Amen? And look what God has done. God took your marriage that was based on the world and has made it something special. God has taken your children who maybe weren't brought up in the most godly home, but God has made them servants of the Lord today. And my friend, would you understand that we need to talk to a generation following about His mighty works. Has God done something? God had done something in Israel. He had, he had made them powerful. He had given them the promised land. These people walked over the Jordan River and took over, the Bible teaches us, city after city after city that they did not build. They just inhabited them. 
What a miracle. I mean, folks, by the way, that's the way to build a house. Amen? Just say, here, I'm taking over. Get out. That is what Israel did. And folks, don't try that, please. All right, they'll call the police and you'll have to visit you in jail. But what I want, you, what I want us to grab hold of is God has done some powerful things. I mean, God has lifted us up. God has taken care of us. God has helped us through some difficult times. God has made us who we are today. And don't we ever forget it. And more than that, tell it to somebody who's following you. Tell them how good God was to help you get over smoking or get over drinking or get over carousing or get over going to the bar or get over going, hanging around with them stinking godless friends. You tell those people behind you, hey, God delivered me from that. Praise His name. When's the last time you shared your testimony, fella? Did you ever drink as a young person? Did you ever struggle? You say, well, well, I, I, I don't want to glorify that. I'm not asking you to glorify that. I'm asking you to glorify Him. You see, some of us don't like to let known what's in our past because we don't want people to think ill of us. They might think less of me if they knew that at one time my marriage was in trouble. Brother, if your marriage was ever in trouble and God has fixed it, then you bring praise and glory to His name and you tell it to the generation following and say, this is where I was or this is where we were and look at where God has set our feet. God's done some powerful things in every single one of our lives and yet so many of us have just lost sight of that. And, facts, and folks, we don't talk about it anymore. We just say, well, you know, I love the Lord. Well, it's good. But talk about His mighty works. Man, you remember when you needed a job? And God provided you a job? Well, I, I, you know, it was just coincidence. No, that was the Lord. The Lord blessed. The Lord provided. Talk of His mighty works. Remember when your child was sick? And God delivered your child? Then talk of His mighty works. Remember when your loved one was on death's door and God delivered them? Talk of His mighty works. You see, folks, we, 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 we need to start telling it to that generation behind us because that generation behind us says, is He really real? Is God really there? I mean, let's face it. We have a more skeptical youth than we've ever had as far as the Lord is concerned. Young people are leaving Christianity at record numbers. And I'm going to tell us, one of the reasons is is because we're not telling them about how great our God truly is. I don't, I don't want my children to walk out never to serve God again. I don't want my daughters, I don't want my son to say, well, I, I heard about dad's God a little bit, but you know, I don't know if he really believed it. He didn't talk about it very much. And what he did say, he didn't back up with his life. Man, help us. I hope the predominant theme in my home is that God is real and that God is good and that God's doing something. And I want to tell it to that generation behind me. Tell of his mighty works. Lastly tonight, and we find this in verse 14. It says, for this God, the God of love, the God of righteousness, the God of a holy word, the God of mighty works. It says, this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Let me just finish up by saying this. Tell of your God. Tell of your God. Don't, don't, don't tell them about D.L. Moody's God. 
Don't tell them about Jack Hiles, God. Don't, talk, don't tell them of Charles Finney's God. Don't tell them about George Washington Carver's God. Tell them about your God. Who is he? Who is your God tonight? I mean, you say, well, uh, you know, uh, Pastor, I'm going to have them read some wonderful biographies. The greatest biography the generation following will ever read is you. That's what they need. I'm all for telling them about Moses and Abraham, and I'm all for telling them about great historical figures of the past, but the generation following wants to see your God. Hey, Mom, who's your God? Hey, Dad, who's your God? Hey, Sunday school teacher, who's your God? You see, the Bible says, for this God is our God. And tonight, Christian, I need us to stand up and say, I'm going to tell a generation following behind me about my God. I have a God that is real. I have a God that has worked in my life. He is my God. I know His Word. I see the love, and I've experienced it in my life, and I'd like to share that with you, generation following me. Hey, son, hey, daughter, hey, young person, hey, young Christian, let me tell you about how real this book is. Let me tell you about a time in my life when I was experiencing a deep and a dark trial, and I felt as if that chasm would never end, and then God gave me something from this book, and he lifted my feet up and set them upon a solid rock. Has God ever done that to you? Then tell him of your God. Folks, this is what I fear. I fear we're telling the generation following us about something in many cases we've never experienced. I'm not saying you're not saved tonight. What I'm saying is many of us have never truly dove deep into serving and loving and experiencing God. And so our lives, and Christians, let's face it, most Christianity today is so shallow, you can't hardly get your feet wet. It really is. It's so emotional, and I'm not against emotion, but, but it, it, almost all preaching today seems just to seek to inspire, and that's it, and there's very little doctrinal truth given. And I understand that there's nothing wrong with inspiration. But folks, we got a God that took 66 books to explain himself to us. And the pinnacle of his explanation was Jesus Christ. And I wonder tonight, when we talk of a God, is he yours? Oh, let me tell you what the pastor said. That's good. Tell him about your God, though. Tell him about one day when you were out praying and God answered your prayer. Tell them about one day when you were reading your Bible and God showed you the answer for the problem you'd been begging Him for. You tell them about a moment when your life seemed to be on the edge and God delivered as only He can. And doesn't that seem to be the way God does it? God waits until the last minute plus an extra few. And then He comes in on a white horse, so to speak, and He does what only He can. We think all hope is gone. And God says hope ain't gone. It just hasn't arrived yet. And folks, tonight, we need to tell them of a personal God that is very real and that is very personal to us. That's what the generation following needs. They need to say, hey, <laughs> I don't know if I believe those stories. Could you imagine the generation following the Israelites that walked through the Red Sea? No. 
Mom and dad, I mean, come on. I'm a teenager. Do you expect me to believe that foolishness? It happened. It was incredible. Could you imagine David telling his sons about killing Goliath? Boys, he was almost 10 feet tall. You're exaggerating. I'm not. It was huge. One of his brothers had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. It's Bible. Yes, I'm not making that up. I mean, it's incredible. And guys, hey, hey, it's unbelievable, but I did it. And I killed that giant. I killed that man. And God gave us the victory. And he did it because he's an incredible God. He's my God, boys. And I want you to know that. And I want you to accept that. And I want you to walk with him like I walked with him. He's my God. I said, for this God is our God. But we need to tell it to the generation following. He's real. He's real. He loves you. He's real. He's a righteous and a holy God. He's real. He gave us His book. He gave us His word. He's real. Let me tell you about all that He's done. And He's real because He's mine. And I'm His. Folks, tonight, let's take what we say we have. Let's make a difference by giving it to the generation that's coming behind us. I won't take you over there tonight, but in 2 Timothy, Paul challenges Timothy with the things he has learned to teach other men also. And folks, tonight, we've been given some wonderful things. We truly have. God is blessed. God has been rich to us. I look tonight, and folks, I, you know, 43 years ago, this wasn't even thought of. Do you understand that? When this church was founded, we met in a little schoolhouse building down on just off of Marquette Road. And it's tiny in that building. It just, it was nothing. And we never thought about having our own property. And we never thought about having our own auditorium. We never thought about having our own Christian school. We never thought about having our own gymnasium. We never thought about having our own garage. We never thought about ever having our paved parking lot. Never. It never crossed our mind. Just a little group of people, maybe 12 or 15 or 20 people would get together and meet. And this sprang out of that. But do we talk about it? Do, 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 we, do we glorify God? I mean, folks, do you, do, you do you understand how screwball it is in today's religious landscape to have independent, completely independent churches? I mean, there is no governing body. I met with the governing body of the church tonight. It's the deacon board. You may not understand how crazy that is, but so many churches in our country have to answer to someone. And when they want a new preacher, they have to wait for the grand poobas to send them a new preacher. I hope you get that. I mean, folks, what we have here is something that God did. We got along for the ride, amen. We got in the bus and he shut the door and this is where we are today. But praise God for that. But I, I, I just, I just want to know, are we telling it to the generation following?
they need to hear how people sacrificed to get this building. You understand there were people that brought in their silverware sets so we could have an auditorium. There were people that gave their entire life savings so we could have a church. There were people that sacrificed, not because they were great, wonderful people, but because they had a God that was theirs. And He loved them. He was righteous and He was holy in a wonderful, perfect word. And that was worth it to them. What's happened to us today? Well, we forgot to pass it to the generation coming after us. There's a generation growing up in Christianity that has no idea of how incredible God has been. And folks, it's time we begin to testify. Psalm says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say what? What we've talked about tonight. And Christian, I challenge you. That's just, that's just a very brief outlook of what has happened here. How about some of your marriages? How about some of your homes? How about some of your kids? How about some of your health? How about some of your jobs? How about some of your finances? Folks, some, some, some of you in this room, you've tithed for 25 years. It's just something you do now, amen? Do you remember when you first began tithing 10% of your entire income? And you said, are you serious? Remember how big a sacrifice that was? I mean, it was hard, was it not? Now today, it's old hat. And I'm going to tell you why it's old hat. Number one, you, you followed God. But number two, God blessed and honored your finances because of it. And today, you look back and you say, well, I, I tithe. I'm a good Christian. There was a time in your life, though, when you said, I'm not a good Christian. I don't know if I believe in this stuff. This is crazy. Now today, you wouldn't change any of it because God's honored you. Well, testify about that time in your life when you struggled. Testify about that time in your life when you doubted. And say, God never let me down. Never. He never failed me. He always came through. He always took care of things. Those were exciting times in your Christian life. Don't you remember? The first time you stepped out by faith and you followed God? Tell it to the generation following. They need to hear it. That's what they need to hear. They need to hear a faith that is fresh and new. And that is real. Don't let it grow old. I just do that because I'm a super Christian. You didn't always do it for that reason, sir. You didn't. There were times in your Christian life when it was a fight to let go of that. It was a battle to give that up. Yes? We need to tell it to the generation following. We need to tell them of his love. We need to tell them of his righteousness. We need to tell them of his word. We need to tell them of his mighty works. And we need to tell them of my God. My God. He's mine. Let me share with you what he's done in my life. He's very real. I challenge you tonight. There's a group of people following in our steps. What are they hearing from our mouth? I can't believe you don't believe in that. I can't believe you don't follow. I can't believe you don't. 
They need to hear about our God. He's the reason I do what I do. He's the reason I live. He's the reason I breathe. Amen? They need to hear it. That generation needs to hear it. Let's go and stand to our feet. The moment the instruments will begin to play. And folks, I, I'd really encourage you, if you're an adult, if you're a parent, a grandparent, your husband, a wife, I'd really encourage you to look real seriously at what we talked about tonight. There's a generation behind us that needs to hear what God's done. Young people tonight, some in this room claim to be born again. Do you know him as your God? I hope he's not mama and daddy's. I hope it's not grandpa and grandma's. I hope he's yours. I just challenge you tonight. If the Lord's laid something on your heart, you come to the altar. Well, go ahead and be seated for a moment, folks. I ended tonight a little early. Jim, it's one minute to eight. Folks, I, I really believe that we need to testify what the Lord's done. And I think that at times we, we allow ourselves to grow stoic. Maybe that's the right word. We've, we've become so accustomed to our Christian life, we've forgotten how good it is. Maybe we don't believe that. Maybe we're, I don't know. Maybe we're just living a lie. I hope not. Folks, we need to testify of what God's done. The generation behind us needs to hear what the Lord's done. How long have you been saved? Been saved 10 years? Has God done anything in 10 years? Yes, no, maybe. Eh. No, he's not. Not been Maverick's not even 10 yet, so 
we'll let him slide. But folks, we need to testify about it. We need to tell it to those people behind us. And when God gives you the opportunity, I'll be very honest with you, testimony time in our church, I should have to end it early, every time. Hello, anybody? Well, Pastor, the same people get up and say the same thing. Well, then why don't you stand up and say something? I get so tired of hearing so-and-so. Then get up and say something. That's the way to get them to shut up. You get up first. I mean, that person always says they thank God for their salvation every single time. Why aren't you thankful for yours? No, folks, I'm, I'm dead serious right now. Because I, 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 I'm looking at a Christianity where really, you know, uh, we should just be beating the door down and say, man, pastor, I'd love to share what God is. I'd, I'd love to share about when I first got married and, and God gave, gave us something that I didn't think was possible. He gave us a happy marriage. I didn't think she was going to stay with me. She probably shouldn't have. But I'll testify about God's goodness. I'll testify that I praise God he's given what we have today. Folks, we've, we've lost that. And I just, I really do, I want to challenge you tonight. When you are presented with the opportunity at home, talk about it. Talk about it with your children. They need to hear it. Folks, we're in danger. Our our. How many do know our country's headed down a wrong way hill real fast? The sad thing is Christianity's not too far behind it in America. And we need to start stemming the tide. We do know the answer to our country's problem is not an economic package. We do know as Christians the answer is Jesus Christ. So if anything's going to stem the tide, it is another generation following Christ. Do you understand that? And yet somehow there's just a disconnect. And folks, I just challenge you. I would love to have a testimony time tonight. I'm terrified of what would happen. We'd have two or three people and then we just kind of revert back we have got to come to a place in our lives where we say, boy, I, there are so many things I could say. You only say one, but say something. Do not sit and be silent. We've been silent too long. The silent majority has become the silent minority, and it'll soon become the persecuted minority in our country. And I hope we understand that. We are watching. We say, well, well we still outnumber the liberals. No, we don't. The liberals are taking over, brother. Look no further than the White House and the houses of our Congress. You say, oh, you're a doomsayer. I'm not a doomsayer, folks. The handwriting's on the wall. It's almost as clear back as back in Nebuchadnezzar's day. And Christianity has got to start doing something about it. This is biblical. You grab a generation behind you. And you rear them up, and you train them up, and you share what the Lord has done. How dare we sit quietly while our young people 
and our young Christians follow hell's path for life. Well, they'll, they'll find their own way. I don't want them finding their own way. I got a way that's perfect. It's tried and tested and true. And it works. The way to have a happy marriage is right there. The way to have good kids is right there. The way to have, have a good job is right there. The way to have good church is right here. Yes, do we believe that? Then let's start testifying of it. And let's start telling a generation that's coming behind us about it. They need to hear it. Oh, they, they've already heard it. Folks, do you, do you know what a young person does who has a favorite song? Can you tell me, parents, how many times they listen to that dumb thing? I don't, want, I don't want to sound like a broken record. That's all they do. Listen to a broken record. You, some of you guys find a YouTube funny you think is funny. You watch it 97 times in two days, right, Sean? And you laugh every single time at the same thing. Folks, I got something better than all of that. It's not redundant. It's great. It's powerful. It's beautiful. It's marvelous. Tell it to the people behind you. I just beg you to grasp that. Just go ahead and stand to our feet. Be dismissed with a word of prayer. Folks, thank you for just letting me talk to you and share my heart. I want us to make a difference for Christ. I want us to make an impact. I want to tell it to the generation coming right behind me. We've seen from the scriptures tonight what we are to tell. Let's not be guilty of letting the world pass us by. Brother George Shrick, you dismiss us.